Welcome to the Fireside Chat, presented by Rotographs and Pitcher List. Sit back, relax, and enjoy Paul Spohr and Nick Pollock. Welcome to episode 664 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is a Fireside Chat here on Friday, March 29th. I'm your host, Paul Spohr, and I'm joined by Nick Pollock. Nick, opening days in the books, and baseball is back. How's it going? What is happening? I am so pumped. Yesterday was like the best day of the year. Great. It was, it was just 1 o'clock till, I guess, what, 10.30 or so. It was just amazing. I had a great time jumping from game to game and not knowing where I should be the, at any moment. Only had the one night game, which was interesting. Right, that was, uh, yeah. It worked out for me, though. I went to a show, and so I didn't miss a whole bunch. You know, Normally, on an opening day slate, you're getting four or five night games, and I would have been like, oh, right, what right, a time right. to go to a show. So thankfully, worked out. Uh, and I barely missed any of the Seattle-Boston uh, game because I was following it on my phone. And we were hanging out in the parking lot before. And I was like, okay. So I pretty much saw what I needed to see from that a few couple innings by the time I went inside. Um, but lots to take away. And what we want to do here early with the Firesides, you know, this was born out of uh, Luis Castillo and, and a hyper-focus on him. And I want to get back a little bit to some of the hyper-focus on certain guys. Maybe not just one every time, but a couple and early in the season, of course, I don't think you and I are going to make a lot of reactions or decisions on Chris Sale flopping um, or even Zach Grinkin getting beat up. Well, you know, it's something to keep an eye on and to be aware of, but I don't know that we're going to make a whole lot of decisions. But where you do have to make decisions is at the bottom of your roster. You just don't get the benefit of sample size anymore. That's not the fantasy game that we play in. So you're going to make what I would say, for lack of a better word, mistakes too, because you're going to have to move. Oh, yeah, definitely. Quickly. And so I want to talk about some of these players that we've seen already go off and what we got coming up this weekend as guys who could be players of note on Sunday's first wave or second wave appear. I know a lot of weeks ran uh, or a lot of leagues ran last week, but the first with full season games for every team uh, ready to go. So with that in mind, I want to talk about two opening day guys on lesser teams, both of whom pitched well. And we'll start with yours, Marcus Stroman out there looking sharp against my beloved Tigers. And I frankly could have gone with the other guy for mine, Jordan Zimmerman, but uh, Justin and I talked about him on 663 of Sleeper in the Bus. But I want to talk about Stroman. We actually didn't get to talk much about him. He looked pretty sharp out there. What I liked most, Nick, 13 swinging strikes. But give us your analysis of what he did in seven shutout innings against the Detroit Tigers. Yeah, the thing that really impressed me the most was 11 sliders on 33 thrown from Stroman. I love to see that. Uh, I have a eleven sl- swinging strikes uh, on the sliders. You mean? Yeah, I'm so sorry. Yeah, swinging strikes no on uh, on that slider. He also had seven call strikes as well. So that's eighteen uh, CSW call strikes plus whiffs on thirty three thrown. That's a fantastic ratio for that. Uh, I overall, I liked a lot of what I saw. the The biggest question I have about Strowman is how consistent is this? We've actually seen him do great things with that slider in the past. I remember one of my favorite okay. gifts. I believe it was 2017 was a day against the Astros when that slider was absurdly good. Just making Evan and Gaddis and, uh, and Carlos Correa whiff at just stupid pitches out of the zone. <laughs> but it doesn't always show up. And on the other side of it, his cutter wasn't that effective. It got some foul balls, maybe a few swing strikes. But it wasn't really this fantastic third pitch. His changeup was only thrown three times. So it really was just fastballs and a slider against the Tigers. I, I, it's it's hard for me to really buy into it. I am sure. curious to see if he does continue with that slider and if it's really excellent and he is all of a sudden 
going to be that guy that gives you 16s whiffs on a given night under 100 pitches thrown. I don't know if I can buy that right now. I'm not making a move for Stroman based on this start, and I kind of was out before because he's an elite ground ball guy and the worst place to be an elite ground ball guy. Correct. So, and that's, so I'm kind of out still. I need to see a bit more from Stroman first. That's been my big point on Stroman is, is that I can't get on board uh, in Toronto where that where that fast turf uh, can really speed up things with this ground ball rate. And you talk about consistency with Stroman, even in the midst of this game. We saw at times when the Tigers were willing to lay off. They had a right. few threats. They couldn't push anything across with the four walks. Uh, but there was some nasty – I mean, there's nasty movement. That's the thing. The side-to-side movement that Stroman's able to get is not really questioned. One thing I did like, and you saw a few plays out of him, was Freddie Galvis at short is certainly going to turn more of those uh, ground balls into outs and some of the short stops we've seen run through there in past years. So there were some positives. But I agree with you. Let's kind of let's kind of be easy with it. Uh, I noticed you mentioned you said 16 swing strikes, which I do see on ESPN. Our board had 13, so I don't know where the disconnect is there because uh, missing three is a pretty big deal. Right. I don't and I don't so, know what it is, but uh, I'm, yeah, I'm looking at baseball savant. They have them at a total 31 CSW over 94, which is a good rate. You generally want to aim for 30 percent. So Strom and the interesting the interesting thing is about our live leaderboard with only 13. And then, um, hang on. You know what? I might just need. No, it's it's fully refreshed. I was gonna say, does it, is it stuck <laughs> from last last night? No, it's fully refreshed. But then you go to his page, and he has the sixteen percent swinging strike rate. So that's interesting about Stroman, and and a little bit of a disconnect there. I'll have to mention that to Sean and see if there's something that he can figure out where the uh, where where the miss is. Bottom line is though, there were a lot of whiffs from Stroman, and it is something to to note and just be aware of. Now, looking at the schedule going ahead here, let me see what they've got coming up for Toronto. Are you familiar with the schedule offhand? If not, I've got it. Uh, for Toronto, no, second. I don't know it. Uh, uh, I, Baltimore is next week. So he probably... Well, you like that. Yeah, I see I see him Shoemaker going one game. Uh, he you might get like the front that. end of that. Let's see. He gets the second game. Uh, yeah. Stroman actually gets a two-start next week. Baltimore and then at Cleveland. That Cleveland lineup. Especially if Lindor should be out still too. Exactly. Yeah. No. Gonna, I, I think I go for. I'm going to pick this up. Yeah. I'm going to pick this up in some leagues here where Strowman's available and run out a two start and see what I can get. I think maybe if it, if his slider's working like we saw yesterday, we're going to get some strikeouts and possibly cop two wins. You know, you bring up an interesting point. I think uh, that was brought up in today's uh, Reddit AMA. I do one every Friday at our fantasy baseball and. There are so many easy teams to stream against, at least out of the gate, seemingly. Yes. It's it's more so than I feel than any other year. There are just a lot of really bad offenses. Uh, I don't know exactly. I mean, is it just everyone tanking? Is it There's just that aspect? Well, the AL especially, by the way. The oh, yeah, AL completely. Is, is, is absolutely a big deal. By the way, I want to be just clear real quick on, yeah. on the Stroman situation. Uh, we're talking shallower leagues here because he's 37% roster rate at ESPN. So you're looking at your 10 and some of your 12s. Just go make sure in your 12 that he's not available. Um, you never know. And in your 10, there's a more a higher likelihood that Stroman is available. But your 15s. Uh, name value alone got him drafted in just about all of those leagues. But uh, I just want to be clear on that. But, yeah, I think you're right. AL especially, um, you have some injuries. You know, that's what that's what denigrates a team like the, uh, the Cleveland lineup – or downgrades, excuse me. And uh, the tanking uh, of certain teams. 
And it really is interesting that it feels like you can jump against a good number of teams this year and not really be fearful of it. Obviously, you have your your handful of stayaways, but they don't run that deep. What is it? It's Colorado at home. I've got a decent amount of oh, stayaways. Uh, yeah, like the Red Sox, the Yankees, the Astros, uh, Dodgers. Dodgers. You home, could say you could make an argument for the Phillies. Uh, yeah, yeah. I would say I would. And for the most case, when we're talking about streamer types, I would stay away from them outside of maybe the other one's so good that I have to do it. Right. If it's at Miami, then I maybe take that gamble. But by and large, you want to stay away. Mets, same kind of deal where I'm leaning away. But if the if the second start's good enough, I, I do it. I'm, I'm wondering about the Braves, how I feel exactly about that offense. Yeah. You know? and maybe, they're, maybe all three of those teams are similar where it's like, you can do it if the second team is good enough, right. but you're not really chasing a start to go against the Braves, Phillies, or Mets. But that's only like seven and a half-ish well, type of team. I would throw in the Central a bit of NL. So like Brewers, I don't want to face oh, that yeah, offense. Yeah. Brewers There's, at home. Oh, especially. definitely. Oh, man. Yep. And the Cubs offense still scares me a bit. Uh, Cardinals are tough. And okay, Cardinals so with Goldsmith there. So that that's kind of why I see Dodgers. Do we include their, them in there? Yeah, I I, I had Dodgers. Okay. So we'll say about 10, 11, but that leaves that's it. quite a landscape. And there's a lot of, I mean, there's some that maybe, maybe the Rangers are more home run heavy at home. But there's uh, a lot of chase them and right? crush them and, and then, the teams. then the Angels, well, Justin Upton is injured right now and Otani is too. So it's just Trout, really. It's literally just Trout and Boar against right. Uh, right is excuse. I mean, maybe you want to avoid the Mariners for this weekend, I guess. I don't know. Because <laughs> they're amazing. Hey, Tim Beckham, you want to avoid There it them. is. Uh, but, yeah, the bottom line is that there's a lot of teams that you can go against, right. which is really interesting. Um, my guy uh, that I took away what from yesterday faced one of them, Brad Keller, and mm. plays for one of them, KC. And this was a guy I wasn't super buying in on uh, in draft season, and it was definitely the strikeout rate. I, I like what he was able to do with the ground ball rate. Definitely a, a sinker, a sinker baller, sinker slider type that can have some success, but he really is only two pitches. And the strikeout rate was a very paltry 17%. And even yesterday when he spiked it to a 21% in his seven innings, it was only a 9% swing strike rate, which is fine. You're not, that's not what you're getting. You're not getting strikeouts. So that's not what you're chasing with Blake Snell. But I was impressed by how he threw. I thought uh, it, it was a nice dismantling of a, a pretty easy White Sox lineup. Two hits, one walk, five punch outs. So I like a lot of what he did. He was in command the whole time. I I feel like if you could squeeze, say, an 18 to 20% strikeout rate out of Brad Keller, that could be interesting. And you could probably do that by curating his starts, right? And not, you know, starting him against his whole division until Lindor gets back and then kind of making it a TBD against, um, against Cleveland. And, you know, Anytime he's against Baltimore, probably Toronto, uh, you know, probably Oakland, L.A. until they start getting some guys back. Seattle, we'll see because obviously they're off to a fast start. They're kind of more of a touch and go. But then just avoid them against Houston, Boston, and the Yankees in the AL. And then NL is we don't know what their schedule is going to be for Brad Keller and the Royals. I feel like he might be – he's someone I'm pushing up just on the heels of one start, kind of more eye-opening that, hey, maybe I sold him a little bit short and his context is good enough to be somebody that I would want. Yeah, I, I don't love Brad Keller. I, I really feel that uh, he's destined to be a just a mediocre ratio guy without the, the strikeout upside me as you articulated. Uh, I do not see him hinting 20%, honestly. Uh, he had seven swing strikes on a slider yesterday. Five of them were against Eloy. 
<laughs> Welcome to the league, buddy. Right, and he threw 31 sliders yesterday. So it's not something that I, I think is going to stick really for uh, for Brad Keller. It was a 23% swing strike rate yesterday in that slider. Last season, it was under a 14% mark. It just isn't that pitch, and it will never be. And that means we have to rely on his fastball command to do everything. And I look mm-hmm. back at when Irvin Santana killed it. And I think a lot of people are going to maybe give that comparison a little bit because he's using his fastball so much to get better results, and he might squeeze out this incredible start to the year at the very least. Well, As the resident Santana fanboy, I would not allow, Right, no, would exactly, not because he doesn't that. have that secondary pitch. The slider is not that pitch. Correct. Uh, he is doing similar things with that fastball and jamming it. A lot of right-handed batters, he really focused on the right side of the plate uh, that is inside to right-handers a lot yesterday. But I just don't see enough here. Uh, I, I do like that he is 94 on this fastball. Okay, that's that's cool. That, that's nice. But it's just there isn't enough. Uh, he only has, <laughs> I mean, he has a well below 10% swing strike rate on those uh, four seamers as, as well. And yeah. just relying so 9%. much relying so much on that BABIP to go your way uh, just doesn't seem right for me. And this isn't someone that's just so good at the edge. I don't even see that either. Well, uh, is he... What I worried about with Keller was you saw that 308 ERA last year, but a 130 whip, that didn't marry. And for me, it was what's more likely to change. The ERA was more likely to go up for me, right. not the whip to come down. And so that's why I was fading him. And again, this I want to be clear. This interest level is is probably AL only and like maybe a 15 because I think you are going to get – I think you're going to get some decent innings where he can post like an upper threes ERA where in a deeper league that's going to matter. I still don't see 10 and 12 team viability unless we saw some sort of strikeout spike, which I agree with you is very unlikely to come. Right. 19, 18 to 20 was kind of the stretch goal, which is not, it's not good. Yeah. It's not even a good <laughs> strikeout rate for Brad Keller for anybody. Sure. So yeah, I want, I want to be clear that here that we're not against each other on this. Yep. You're just not moved at all. And I'm saying AL, because I think the matchups could be good enough to squeeze some good innings. Uh, but mixers, I, I, maybe watch list just just remember bk is not what you crave i i and re- whether you're talking about the restaurant or Brad, <laughs> I'm with you on that uh yeah so that's stroman and keller what we also wanted to do today uh with the weekend coming up is talk about some guys that are going off this weekend and you know getting a similar sort of vibe of the stroman and keller range talk about their first start and maybe what we're looking for and if there's anything that could really change our minds to uh, make them an appealing pickup this weekend when waivers start to run. So I'll, I'll throw the first guy your way and talk about Spencer Turnbull from my beloved Tigers mm. since we, we already mentioned that Toronto-Detroit series. This is a guy who I had a little bit of interest in coming into the season uh, after writing him up in the Baseball Forecaster, Baseball HQ's fantastic book. And I got the Turnbull one, and I was like, oh, you know, I remember the name. He <laughs> He was a prospect because the Tigers' prospect system has been so bad in past years that he was probably like a top 10-ish kind of guy for a while. But that was really more because of the thinness of their uh, their system. Now that the system has thickened up a bit, Spencer Turnbull's down at 20 or down at 18, excuse me. But he does have a four-pitch arsenal. Uh, he's got solid above-average velocity. Uh, he had a strong AAA last year where he really spiked his strikeout rate. 
backed by a 19% swinging strike rate while also not walking guys. And uh, it was a double-A, triple-A combo, by the way. The triple-A the, the was the smaller of the sample, but it was 99 innings at double-A. Caveat, he was 25, so he was beating up on younger competition for Spencer Turn- Turnbull. Want to be clear about that. But the skills in the, in the four-level season were really nice for Turnbull, and now he earned himself a, a job. And I think he, he could be somebody – who might put up similar ratios to Keller, but with the strikeouts, or maybe even slightly worse ratios, but with the strikeouts. So I'm kind of intrigued by Spencer Turnbull. I can't wait. I know it sounds like crazy to say that phrase, I can't wait, but I can't wait to see him go up against Toronto this weekend. Yeah, I think that's a really good matchup for him uh, on both sides of that. I mean, they were talking about bad offenses, and here's the Tigers against the Blue Jays, and we just go hands up, like, all right, everyone thinks it's going to be a pitching duel, I guess. Extra innings for right. Kristen Stewart to hit a home run every time. I, my, my next one's from the same series. Spoiler alert. <laughs> oh, that's right. Oh, that's a good one, too. Um, yeah, Spence, Spencer Turnbull uh, it does have that package of, hey, he has a hard slider that will miss bats. And he does have decent velocity, too. I believe it's like 94 or so for him. Yeah. He, obviously, he's not as electric as the incredible prospect arms that we often talk about. But nevertheless, that's enough to work with. And I am really curious to see... Full regular season action. Let's go. How does Spencer Turnbull look? How are he's, How is he using his secondary pitches? How are they developing? Is he really going for the kill with strikeouts, etc.? I'm excited. I think there's, this could have 12-team relevance. Um, yep. He squeezed onto my list, I think, like a 97 or so or, or 96 just because of that possibility. This could be absolutely I nothing, lo- too. I we'll love see. that you gave him a mention, though, because, yeah, and I know Vlad Sedler uh, at Rotogut on Twitter it loves – so we were at AFL at the Arizona Fall League Baseball HQ thing, and he mentioned Spencer Turnbull. And I said, are you are you joking? Are you using him as a joke player uh, <laughs> to, like, meme on him? And he's like, no. And I was like, I love him too, dude. Like, I'm, I'm legitimately intrigued by him. And so it was like a deep league type of thing. Hey, credit to Vlad, though. He put his money where his mouth is. He's already got him on some clubs. Nice. So he's already he's already ready to go waiting. He's not going to have to pay the premium. If Spencer Turnbull goes off this weekend – me and you, we're gonna actually have to pony up some fab yeah, cash. Right? Uh, no, I have to. I have to mention uh, our, our gift manager at uh, Petrolist, Andy Patton, has been talking about Spencer Turnbull the entire offseason. Uh, I think he's he the one who did a bold prediction. Yeah, he did. He with did like exactly. Five Tigers things. I, I think love so. him. <laughs> yeah. Guess what? I, I believe he's a Tigers fan. I, I uh, couldn't tell. Yeah, like Nico Goodrum in there. He had Spencer Turnbull. He had um, Kristen Stewart, who hit the. No, it wasn't a walk-off homer, but it was a game winner. So yeah, I. I Spencer Turnbull, keep an eye. I agree. He could play himself into some 12-man relevance. I think with a good start this weekend, 15s become a buy. And there's, uh, this especially could if be the nothing. strikeouts are there. It could yeah, be nothing. exactly. Who All knows? of these. But we're, we're very intrigued. This is what we're doing, though, is that we have to be, exactly. like I said, we have to move quickly. Um, who's one that you're looking at this oh, weekend? Man. That you I mean, see? okay. I, I feel like at least need to suggest the, like, the Braves and Brewers guys that are going. They're, they're so much fun. We, yes, we have sure. we have Bryce Wilson and Zach Wright. I'm sorry, Kyle Wright going. Uh, actually, is Kyle Wright going on Monday? Is he going Sunday? I've no, he's going got Sunday. Him Sunday, but Sunday. without the confirmation yet. Right? But yeah, I've got it's okay. a Wilson Wright uh, Saturday Sunday combo at Philly. See, I don't want to necessarily start them there, but yeah. it's something that I mean, if you have the roster spot, I know a lot of people doing a 12 team, but there's someone at the end you don't really know about right now. Um, both of those guys would be people I would consider. Just picking up and being like, all right, let's just see what happens with this. And before everyone goes for it, uh, 
on the other side of, of that, there's also the Brewers guys. There's Brandon Woodruff and Corbin Burns also yes, getting their opportunities. Both got spots. Uh, it's so, Hats it, off to them for, for, right? for getting that done. You know, all winter we're saying either or. Stake your claim. Who do you like? You're a Burns guy. I'm a Woodruff guy. Right. We both get our opportunity <laughs> to see what our boys can do. Uh, I'm excited I, I want, for this I mean, I want you to be right because that means that Woodruff is performing at his potential, you know? Exactly. I'm rooting for both. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> it's not really a, a, a battle situation exactly. where I want the other to flop. Because I was even saying that whoever wins that fifth starter job, draft them. I just happened to be a Woodruff guy. They both made it. They're both going to get St. Louis at home this weekend. And even Peralta tonight. Like they've all three of their weekend guys are intriguing to to watch. So you're like me though, right? Peralta is clearly the third. Yes. Okay. Yes, because it it doesn't have any depth of arsenal. It's really the fastball. Right. It's a it's, great pitch, uh, but yeah. And I don't want to say because I don't think it's full gimmick, but there is a little bit of magic to it because it's extension and delivery that makes a, a ninety is it ninety one mile per hour fastball it, play up. It goes like eighty eight to ninety four. Okay, yeah, that so he, that, he can <laughs> spike. He can spike big ranges right. for Freddie Peralta, but he doesn't average up there in that ninety range or in that uh, mid nineties range. Yeah. So, but the extension it makes it play. And it, I remember when he struck out those nine in Colorado to start. The guys were saying it felt like ninety eight when it comes in mm-hmm. because it jumps on you, and and that that matters. That doesn't always show up in a stat casting. In fact, it never does. You have to watch and you have to see how that how that plays. So they're going to be interesting. Um, we'd be remiss if we didn't also include then the Miami. Babies. Oh, right. Oh, man. We'll see what's going to happen there. <laughs> and, and Sandy Alcantara all facing Colorado, albeit at home. So a lot of intrigue on Atlanta. They only have the two games. They don't play today. Miami and Milwaukee each with three games. Their entire weekend sets are going to be very interesting. Now, if you're picking between all eight. I know. This is wild. It's very difficult to really separate them. Yes. Let's say they all do fine. No one tanks. None, none of them show just like a thrashing. And they're all available in like a 10-team league. Who would you want? Honestly, the one that has the next, next start that I like the most. That uh, So you'd have, you'd have to... Uh, I would I uh, really have to just keep playing. Yeah, I would have to do that. I mean, okay. This I think is, that's fair. Right. It, it's uh, it, They're all so close. I mean, Peralta to me is still... I don't know if he was included in that mix. But, yeah, uh, I was including Okay, I, w- I would say Peralta is going to be a cherry bomb, right? He's going to be super sweet and blow up in your face. This mm-hmm. is the life of him. I don't think at any point I'd be able to trust him like I would others uh, that we're mentioning here. Wilson uh, and Wright in Miami. Woodruff and Burns, so obviously then the yeah. Miami guys so, in Atlanta. Right, Woodruff I, and Burns get the Cubs, and Peralta's actually on the front end of the at Cincinnati series. I would say if, if Bryce Wilson does well, I like him the most. Yeah, I think I'm with you there. Uh, I Kyle think Wright does intrigue, though. He, his thing is about his fastball, it's wild, and so I think wild. it's rooted in his mechanics. You can actually watch him. You can see how late... He starts his arm circle. The later you start the arm circle, the worse fastball command you're going to have because it's imperative on the timing of that incredible fast motion. But if you look at Verlander and you see how quickly his arm comes up, you can understand, oh yeah, right, he only has to do so much more in this time and he can pinpoint it better. So that's he's amazing. That's, uh, just get your arm up, kids. Just get it up. <laughs> All you have to do is get it up. Oh, I'm so... I, the second I said it, I regretted it. Okay. Raise all you have to raise do your arm. That's it. Just raise it. your arm. Uh, 
Um, but yeah, uh, so so Bryce Wilson, I do think he has a very solid foundation with his repertoire. And if he is cruising with that fastball command on both sides of the plate, that first start, he has two great secondary pitches as well that should be missing bats. I think he has a very clear path. At the same time, if Pablo Lopez is pumping 95 and, 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 and doing it both sides of the plate, and, yeah, and he has an excellent changeup. He also has a curveball that missed 16% of the bats. Uh, sorry, swing strike rate last year to just keep it like that. Uh, that's there's something really to to mark about that too. So they're all very yep. intriguing. But Wilson, I'd say if he looks great, I'm the one. He's the one I'm going. Wilson, with. I, I I agree, and uh, I would go confirmation bias city there uh, with Woodruff if he went off. I'd be like, sure, oh, yeah. yeah. But he's not available in any of my leagues because I got him every <laughs> <laughs> unless he was taken from me. So uh, yeah, that one won't work. Anybody else uh, that that you're looking at this weekend that you just want to see what's up, even if they're not necessarily widely um, available in deeper leagues. Cause I, I know one you mentioned, um, if you don't bring them up right now, I'll, I'll, I'll bring them up. But but who else are you kind of keeping a close eye on as we run down just a few more names here? I mean, obviously, of course, there's uh, there's Chris Paddock going on Sunday yes. against Jeff Smarja. Not available, but we want right, to see right. what's yeah, and then Smarja was the one Smarja I was is the is that one. It's I mean, I think it's just going to be 2017 again. And also 2017 was a ridiculous year for home runs that – we don't think is going to repeat, and that was his biggest problem. So mm-hmm. we might be able to get a good volume of good ratios and strikeout production out of Samarja from nothing. And uh, get his ERA closer to that 361 fifth that he had during that exactly. season. If he's only allowing homers at, say, a .8, .9 clip, that's going to shave that ERA from 442 probably to about 36, and I'll take that all day. Oh, definitely, especially when he could he could throw over 180. Uh, I, don't, mm-hmm. I don't see. There's no reason for the Giants not to, and he did for five straight years before he dealt with this shoulder injury all of last season. Yep. So hopefully he can do that. Uh, do you have any extra others? I have like two or three. Uh, let's see. I mean, I'm not in on him, but I, just because I always want to get more information to make my decisions, I want to see if Tower Glass now can stand tall against a, mm-hmm. uh, a very difficult Houston lineup. Of course, that that would intrigue me a bit. Again, as far as like moving the needle, it's tough in any one given start to fully do that but i would I, I would get a lot of tweets i'm sure if he dominates <laughs> and if he if he gets his face caved in those people will probably not have their account on for the uh for the weekend I mean, you have an you have an easy response if they, they tweet at you you never know what? how his fastball is going to act and sure this was it, one game but he's going to be volatile that was and that is part of the problem though is, right is the absolute volatility i i don't doubt that tyler glass now can dominate a great team um, it, he can also get blown to shreds by a garbage team. That's 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 the problem, exactly, really. That yeah. actually, honestly, in a weird way, I would try to spin it that his dominating Houston is part of the problem <laughs> because <laughs> you're so maddening that you know people would sit you against Houston to try to protect themselves and start you against KC, and then KC going to run you out of the building with 20 hits and 15 steals or some garbage. So, uh, but yeah, I'm definitely going to be keeping a close eye on him. Uh, uh, Tower Glass now there. And uh, Joey Lucchese was somebody I really oh, started nice. to get okay. some offseason hype in. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to take a lot away from a San Francisco start. They're very bad, and they're bad against lefties. Eric Lauer cut them up yesterday. He's not an overwhelming no. guy. I think Lucchese can be more of a swing and miss strikeout guy. And so even if he drops like 10 Ks against them, I'm not going to start pounding my chest that, hey, I got Lucchese right. But I'm interested to see how he pitches because he's been working on some new stuff too as opposed to just having that churve. Definitely. Uh, yeah, it's just a couple others here. Obviously, we're both curious about Aaron Sanchez, how he's going to look. Um, For sure. Oh, yeah, I gonna, meant to bring him up. Is he okay. going to have – yeah, I thought you had. Uh, 
Is he going to have that increased velocity? How are his secondary pitches working? Does he feel more comfortable? Because he's been missing a lot of time with blisters, and it just hasn't... He's never really had that proper development that we've wanted out of Aaron Sanchez. Uh, other guys to consider, too. Luke Weaver. I'm curious how he's going to do against the Dodgers. If he has a good yes. start against the Dodgers, that actually might indicate, oh, hey, the fastball change of command is back, and he might have a third pitch to show, too. So I'm, I'm curious about that one. Uh, Michael Pineda against the Indians. That could be a very sneaky... A play uh, over the weekend concerning they don't have, they, they don't have Lindor and maybe Pineda is whipping out that slider and killing bats all the time. That's what I'm going to be saying from now on: killing bats, <laughs> killing uh, bats. <laughs> out the slider and killing bats. I love it. Uh, there's also McHugh against the Rays. I want to see how he looks after a terrible spring. Uh, Wade mm-hmm. Miley against the Rays. Maybe that uh, becomes cheap wins for people in 12 teamers, where people just totally don't want anything that. to do with Miley. So it should be a really fun weekend. I mean. We get to see these guys actually pitch. What do you got? Jorge Lopez. Um, I liked him as a prospect with Milwaukee. You know, and I used to talk him up. And then they had Colorado Springs in their um, in their system. And that's where they had to send their AAA guys. And he got absolutely obliterated there. And it really seemed to kind of derail him for a decent bit. Obviously, now he's in the uh, he's in the KC system. Had a little something-something going at the end of last year, including a little seven. It was like seven or eight innings of a perfect game that he went into. Obviously, that's just one start. But I've always been intrigued by Jorge Lopez. He's someone who could sneak up and actually prevent, uh, present some viability down the line. I think he could be a... a Better than even Brad Keller, by the way. I think he, there's some strikeout potential to Jorge Lopez. So I'm really eager to see what he does this weekend as well. Oh, that's definitely interesting. Uh, I wonder if people remember getting burned by Jorge Lopez uh, with three home runs and seven innings. Uh, sorry, 700 runs in an inning uh, in, on September 20th last year. Uh, that was... Uh, yeah, because that, I'm sure they do because it was after the big outing. Um, at Minnesota, he threw eight. It ended up being eight innings of one hit, one run ball. Mm-hmm. They, yeah, then he had a four point four strikeouts against yep. the Twins again. Three hundred runs, not so good. And then the Tigers. But, and then you're probably up. like, well, it's at the Tigers. Let me just start <laughs> him. You know, remember two oh, not 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 just two weeks ago did he throw seven perfect. Let me run Jorge Lopez out here, and it was probably a season killer uh, for some. Fo- like I could totally see. Oh that yeah, being, exactly. You were streaming pitching. Did Jorge Lopez kill your season? And then. I think this is one, you know, I try not to overreact to things. If I'd started him in this one and it cost me a season, I don't think I'd ever put Jorge Lopez on a team again. Right. That's, I think this that's why I was bringing enough. it up. That's why I bring it yeah. up. Exactly. This but yeah, that could be interesting. enough to literally never do it again. But I'm intrigued. I want to see what he can do. There can be some swing and miss to his game at times. Uh, we didn't see a ton of it last year either. So we'll, we'll, we'll see if he can get there um, to, and be maybe a better Brad Keller with some of his stuff because he has a little bit of a deeper arsenal and um, a similar swing and miss rate, but can he amplify it mm-hmm. a little bit? He's still just 26 years old. So there's a lot of folks to watch. Hopefully you guys can enjoy the weekend. Nick, what have you got slated for the weekend? Are you just watching all the baseball, or do you have anything that you got to do to uh, kind of fulfill any adult duties? <laughs> I am going to be doing at least one gift breakdown on one of these guys. I don't know who. Fantastic. I, I have to. Well, my, my, hopefully one of them drops like a 12 strikeout game. Right. For you then. I mean, I, 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 would love to do, I would love to do Bryce Wilson. Um, yes. I, I think my buddy Ian Post is going to do the Pablo Lopez game uh, okay. on the other side. If you guys remember Ian from like years ago, uh, he's he's Wasn't come he the back. Guy? Yeah, he's the Jake Faria guy. Exactly. Uh, oh, so man. he's he's coming back. And I'm really excited about that. 
But uh, I'm I'm just curious. I want you Darvish to strike out at least seven batters. That's yes. <laughs> that's what I'm going to yes, be doing. I'm going to be praying for that to happen. I like yeah. We focused a lot on guys who could be available and stuff, but there's plenty of. F- fully rostered guys that we're going to be watching and hoping that they go off and you know I want to see Nathan Eovaldi maybe go deep into a game that could be Ooh. fun so um, alright Nick we will reconvene <laughs> next week we should be back on the weekly outside of you know every once in a while due to uh, scheduling or whatever but for the most part the firesides are back each week and these first few weeks are really going to be locked in on trying to get you some folks that maybe you want to take some chances on and then as we start to get some uh, innings piled up we'll start to break down certain guys that uh, we all were excited about during the winter that are failing us the way the way this was born. <laughs> By the way, we should give a little hat tip to our boy yeah, on the way out. Yeah, Cat, Castillo, thank you so much, man, for making this thing happen. Uh, you're a wonderful and, yeah. person. <laughs> and uh, had a heck of a game. Had a heck of an outing yesterday. Only went five and two-thirds. Started to really struggle there in that third inning. But I like seeing the swings and misses. Um, you know, the velocity was fine. I think there were some concerns about his velocity in spring, I believe. But he was at 95.5, which is yeah, right in line that, with 95.8. kind of what we saw last year at this time. I'm fine. Well, I'm fine with that. I, but a 41% change-up rate, though, too. Well, right. I mean, that's amazing and everything. No, I, like I liked what I saw. I liked what I yeah. saw from him. Uh, it is funny, though. I'm like, oh, I just want to see. Just show me 96 in April. I just you want, want to see that, that. You want that premium heat. I know you're worried that he might be a... a Cold weather or a warm weather guy. Oh, right, exactly. Really, really gets we'll going in warm weather. So we'll see if uh, maybe a cold weather start next week or something. Really get him in that forty degrees for Luis Castillo. <laughs> see, can he can he amp it up? Because yeah. you know it happens. To guys, plenty of guys admit to it, and it's not just um, Hispanic-born players. You see, guys from California, Southern California, or Texas say, "Get me in that Chicago weather. Shoot me in the face. I don't want that." So I was um, terrible yeah. on the cold. I hated it every time. It's it's a terrible thing to pitch through. So I hate existing in the cold. Yeah. I don't want to be playing <laughs> baseball in it. Sorry, so let's uh, put him in the ice box. Let's see how he does. Let's see how he does. <laughs> he gets Milwaukee at home, which could absolutely be a cold game on, on April third in Cincinnati. So we'll see how that goes for Luis Castillo. But all right, now we're finally wrapping it up. Yes. Nick, I'll talk to you next week. Have a good weekend. You too. Take care.